What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Sith Council. Man, this is an episode, huh? Obviously, a lot of you guys are joining today, and I'm sure a lot of people during the premiere are joining today. Uh, you're excited. We're excited. Everybody's excited. And and why wouldn't you get excited? Well, you should get excited for Patreon tiers. First of all, first and foremost, that's a transition. So look, SEN Live is now because SEN Live has been pushing so hard. And they've been working so hard to push the Patreon. We said if we got to 250 patrons that we would get three episodes of SEN Live per month. So that is exactly what it is. We're over 250 patrons now. They've been working really hard. So we're getting three a month. If we get to 500, they'll do four a month. There's exclusive rewatches. There's bonus episodes. You can get a bonus live episode of Sith. So much stuff that's going to be happening. Uh, and if you haven't done it already, I need you to do me a favor. I need you all to just show a little bit of class, will you? Show a little bit of class and hit that uh, that subscribe button. Just an ounce. That's all we're asking for, just an ounce of class. If, if you hit the subscribe button, if you found it because you're looking for Boba Fett reviews and you go, oh, look at this. I found this. And yet I didn't subscribe. No class. Anyway, we're going to get into a episode here. And I got great news. Mike's not here. Um, I don't know if that's great news, but I do have great news. And the, the great news is that I got Papadon wrestling. And I'll tell you what, he is a guy that I've been talking to for a while. He's been a, he was a Jedi Council fan for a while. We never had an opportunity to talk. He is a Star Wars guy. And I like him better than Mike because he's from Queens. So that alone, Mike might lose his position. But either way, let's get into it, everybody. It's Sith Council. I'm ready. Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 5. I can Makes you stronger. All right, everybody, we are back. Sith Council. And look at this crew, the one and only Steph Sabra. And joining us, Hapadon. Hey, hey. What up, man? What's going on? Nice to have you here. And now, before we even get into this, before we start, um, please tell the audience. How did you find uh, my stupid ass? And then how did, and how long you been a Star Wars guy? Um, I found your stupid ass uh, through watching Jedi Council originally. Um, I saw an episode or something or other. I forgot. You guys were talking about how you guys would book the sequel after seven. I think Ken said something about a three-way dance in the main event of the show or act three of the movie. So I found Ken Knapsack, that is, on social media. And then we I was like, yo, man, that's cool. You use wrestling lingo um, for explaining your, your act three. He goes, oh, I used to be a wrestling promoter. I used to work for this. He goes, I know who you are. Nice to finally meet you. I'm like, oh, wow, cool. And then we hit it off. And ever since then, Ken and I have been uh, buddies. Um, and then uh, just been an average uh, watcher of what you guys do. And uh I've been a Star Wars fan all my life, ever since I've been a little boy in Queens. Uh, and uh, I even got my own Star Wars podcast. So that's why I'm rocking the shirt. The New Force Order is the name of the podcast. A little cheap I love plug. that. I love that. It's a, great, it's a great plug. And so obviously, being a professional wrestler, being a Star Wars fanatic, it's a, it's a, perfect, uh, it's a perfect thing for you. So we're, we're going to get right into this thing, though, guys. Because um, And, and for, for those people who don't know, we don't have the... Uh, I screwed up the lower third earlier today. I, I put the, the wrong... Uh, name for Papadon. So I'm going to, we're going to, as soon as I get the new one, we'll put the lower third up and put all the social handles and all that. But let's get right into 
this episode because the first thing, Steph, that I had said on my review earlier this morning was, you know what everyone's going to say, and they're going to go, oh, of course it's the best episode because Boba Fett wasn't in it. It was all Mandalorian, but I push back on that so hard because what they've been trying to do so far in, in since Star Wars was bought by Luke by Disney, um, they've been trying to connect the universes and the, the whole universe in a way that Marvel has been doing it and the shared universe. And they have done it and they've done it through Ahsoka coming into Mandalorian from the Clone Wars, uh, connecting rebels uh, and now putting the Mandalorian inside of this show. But connect the connectivity from everything we set up in Boba Fett thus far, the, the, the Pikes being starting to take control of Tatooine. All that stuff and then answering questions in this episode that we had for Mandalorian that we're not going to lose because if, by the time we get Mandalorian season three, it's going to be almost a year from now. So all those questions that we had about Bo-Katan, uh, Bo Mandalore, all these things, where's the Darksaber? They were all answered in this and it connects to Boba Fett. So that's why I thought it worked pretty well. But how did you feel? I, it it really worked for me. It worked so well that I feel bad how well it worked. It was such a good episode from start to finish. But we have to realize Bryce Dallas Howard has now worked with Din Djarin as a character now three times. She obviously knows this character. She's one of the best TV directors, just directors working right now. And so I don't think that it's a surprise that she killed it. She absolutely slaughtered it. And it just made me realize, I think we have a little bit more of a softer spot for Mando because he keeps his like badassness that we like in Boba, but he's also um, has an attachment to Grogu that like adds depth that I don't think Boba yet has like an attachment to something that I think would make him more of um, a character that we like grab onto in the way that they're presenting him in this episode, in this uh, series. Well, he certainly kept his badass. So, Fabadon, when you see the beginning of this episode, man, when when he shows up, and this was kind of that gangster feel that I was looking for for this show so far, and he walks in, says the same line that we saw from Boba from Mandalorian season one: "I can either bring in warm or I can bring in cold." And this time, he brings in his head, um, and it was fantastic. I loved the scene, but what did you think about the opening scene? I thought the opening scene was fantastic as well. When it, when it started, it kind of reminded me of Saw, you know, with the, meat, with the meat locker and all that stuff. And then he walks in, like like he owns the place, and everyone's looking at him like, yo, who's this guy? And then he walks in the back, and then the guy's like, oh, have you seen whatever the, the bounty guy's name was? And he goes, oh, if I see him, I'll let him know you're looking for him. He goes, oh, yeah, I see him right now. And yeah. then he puts the puck down. He goes, that's not me. I don't even look like that. They, they, all, they, they all say the same thing. It's like, come on, guy. You really, really serious? And then um, the fight was cool. I like the fact the first thing they do is show the dog guy, the, the dog alien breed, uh, bite his hand like a dog would. You know, that, right. that, was, that was pretty cool. And then I didn't expect him to freaking slam him on a desk and slice him in half with a dark saber. Bro, so, I popped. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Popped. If you would have seen, so I, I tell everybody, and Steph knows this, in the mornings, I watch, I usually watch the episodes two or three times, depending on how they are, right? But I always watch it at least twice because I watch it once in the morning and I watch it quietly in the kitchen normally because I'm I'm too old to stay up at night to watch it at, at midnight. So I watch it at, at right in the morning when nobody's up and I watch it at a low enough that I can still understand what's going on, but I don't want to wake up the family. So he takes this dog and throws him on the table and then he goes and then he, he picks him up and now Boba, which is I'm not 
I'm not criticizing Boba because Boba has been established in this season that he's running by respect. He would probably slam them down and said, hey, man, let's figure this out. Din picks up the saber and slices him in half. And this was my reaction in the kitchen. <laughs> like that. I went bananas in the middle. Of, I was like, yes, amazing. But what I really liked about the scene was not just when he pulled out the dark saber, but Seth, the fact that he pulled out the saber, he has not mastered that saber yet because he slashed himself in the leg with it and because it's getting heavy and all these things are happening. And, and then he just walks out. He doesn't want to fight anymore. These dogs, he just wants to walk out and he wants to go, hey, listen, man, I just killed your boss. Take all the credits. Yeah. Just leave me alone. And I loved all that. And it was a great lead up. That's the kind of business I'm talking about. Like he comes in, he knows what he's doing and he leaves and he like, doesn't, he only kills who he needs to kill. He's not like, that's like the difference between, I think a lot of these characters that we see. And I think what they could pull off with Boba, you can still be a good guy if that's where you want to take, the character. but like not take any shit from people. Agreed. Uh, so yes. So dude, so when, when he then switches over and, this is a point that I made earlier today was that Stefan last week when we talked about this, um, we kept bringing up the mods and I don't know where you stand on this Papa Don, as far as the, the mods go. I have no problem with the mods, the people who have the modifications and all that. I have no problem with them. My problem was when they're on Tatooine and putting them in like this, looking like they're in the fifth element. And that is what is thrown off to me. However, when you put, Din, when he shows up to this base to collect his bed, as he's collect his bounty, as he's walking around with the head, and he goes and he shows up, and you have these people who look like they're similar to what we've seen so far. They fit in in there because it looks like that that that's been set up. So that that didn't bother me at all. But I don't know how you how you felt felt about it as you were watching that scene. When he walked into the, uh, I guess, banquet area or casino or whatever yeah. that was. Kind of reminded me of Drad uh, Dread and Voice's ship in Solo. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That feel. So when he was going in, I was like, oh, is he gonna meet Kira? And obviously he didn't. He met, you know, the blue big bird lady, whatever. But I like the fact she didn't speak basic, and I like the fact that she spoke alien. Yep. Um, as far as doing the breakfast club, that's what we call them on the NFO podcast, the breakfast club on Tatooine with the, uh, the, the mod, the mod, the mod crew. I mean, everyone's calling them Power Rangers, and then right. my co-host called them Breakfast Club, and I just popped and it just stuck. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, I When I first saw the scooters, I said, oh, that's a nod to George Lucas with the classic cars. We kind of saw it in episode, uh, what was it, episode two or three when, when they were going through Coruscant chasing uh, Zam Wexel. Um, right. But I do agree with you. They look like they're Abercrombie and Finch or Gap models, you know, in the middle of a dust ball planet. They don't. They don't fit. And you're right. They do belong in uh, more of a Coruscant style deco-ish type of environment as opposed to a big sand planet. Um, that's the only thing. As far as the mod goes, we, you know, I, we mentioned this last on my last episode. We it, People are like, oh, it's not Star Wars. It kind of is, but it kind of isn't. Visually, you know, we've seen all these people get cybernetic limbs and they're always disguised as human body parts, right? They're either they're wearing fake skin over it, or they're covered up with a glove, whatever the case may be. Well, look uh, at man. But look at Lando's guy. Lando's guy had a uh, had, had the mod. You know, he was he was on Bespin. They 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 had people like that. that were it, but it looked it fit. It yeah, fit. I agree with you. 
I agree with you. The only reason why I say it is and it isn't is because in the comic books, we see guys like Silo, who had the cybernetic eye in the Darth right. Vader series. And then mm -hmm. the, the storyline was Vader was taken back to Mustafar and got his uh, butt kicked. I don't know if we can curse on the show, but got his butt kicked by uh, Palpatine and took all his limbs off and said, hey, if you use the force, I'm coming back here. And I'm going to put the smack down on you. Uh, I need you to get back to me use uh, tapping into the dark side. And he ended up taking appendages from different droids and attaching it to himself. So we've seen it before in Star Wars, but not visually like we see it now. So that's why I think it sticks out more like a, like a sore thumb. But hey, man, Star Wars. Yeah, it's Star, Star Wars. Wars is better than no Star Wars. So and that's what, and that's what the thing. Like, so why when he shows up, he collects the bounty, he goes there, and they're like, "Hey, man, stick around and have a drink with us." He's like, "I don't want to have a drink. He's like, I, I just give me, give me what I, give me what I'm here for. Just feast with us. I'm, if you don't sit down with us, I'm not going to give you anything." He goes, "Somebody else wants this head. Some, I, I, I will give this head to someone else." And he's like, "Fine, I'll tell you where it is." And then we just start to get into the meat of it. And at this point, you're like, "Oh, this, we're not going to see Boba Fett at all." in this episode where this this is a mandalorian episode this is season three episode one and i'm yep. i'm down for it so he gets there stephanie goes and he sees visla and he sees uh the 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 armorer and and then we start to get these little things and these little tidbits of what i was talking about earlier in in this episode was we find out stuff about bo katan we, we, he tells him about the fact that he's got the saber then we see this terminator like scene when and I believe those are like K2SO droids that are that are yeah. out there, you know, wrecking shop. And then you have what a what a shot that was in general. But all of that, the way that they fit in, Steph, did you feel that it fit well, or did you think it was crammed in too much information? No, I think this was the best flashback that we've gotten of the season. I think it was such a good this is exactly what I wanted from the Mandalorian last season, or I was hoping for for next season was more like Mandalore yeah. and figuring out more of like uh the what story they were gonna tell about the war and with Bo Katan, which is like cool to hear her name again. And I and with the dark saber. But I what I find the most interesting is that like this motive that they're playing like how important is tradition and how important is your tribe and family and like kind of the hypocrisy of it because they're like yeah well you can only get the dark saber if you fight for it and then they obviously have Din Djarin who's the most powerful what seemingly Mandalorian that we've seen in a while and they're like no you took your mask off we, we don't want you anymore I loved I loved all that and what I really liked what I really liked about that too was that scene where because we had those questions right Papadon, in the last in the last season of mandalorian 2 i see a lot of people that are asking this well wait a minute bo katan didn't get the saber by by winning she got it because uh, it was handed to her by by sabine so how does that work and then we find out well there's a prophecy that says if you win it in battle you're going to restore it but if you don't you could cause destruction and i was like perfect that worked out so well we were waiting for information like that so i love that and i love the idea that that to me means and i and i have to always preface this just because we have a relationship with katie sackoff we know nothing about anything when it comes to bo katan it's pure speculation but i believe that she's going to have a lot more to do in season three and i think this cemented that i don't know where you stand on that no i agree with you um big fan of hers i think she plays the character very well and she's a great actress on top of that um but again, they took something, and, and and Star Wars lately has been doing this a lot, and I feel this is what's also going to happen with this series. Well, they where they drop something, it's not fully explained, 
all the people hate on it. And then six minutes later or six months later or whatever, it gets explained and everyone goes, oh, now I get it. Oh, that's right. awesome. You know, that, like like they did with the whole not taking off your helmet with Mando in season one. People like, oh, it doesn't make any sense. On season two, they explained it. He's part of a sect. Now the prophecy with the Darksaber talks about when Sabine gave the, the saber to uh, Bo-Katan. So I have, a, I mean, I'm on board with all this. In Filoni and Favreau, I trust. And I always think they're thinking about the long game. It's just people needs to, as a society, we've we've been constructed to the point where we want everything now, 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 yeah, now, yeah. now. No one wants to sit back and say, you know what, let me enjoy the ride. And I think that's one of the reasons why this show right now is very divisive. And there's other reasons why I believe that as well. But uh, I just can't wait to see where this all leads to. You know what I'm saying? It's I think it's going to lead into a big, big, big picture. And everyone's going to sit back at the end of it when all the dust is settled and the smoke's clear. And everyone's going to go, you know what? I was too harsh on Boba Fett. Um, it was a very good show. So whatever. I, I think that that certainly could be the case. And I think but I what I do, what I'm definitely going to see, I'm sure, um, in both of our reviews today is a lot of people saying that they needed Din and they needed the Mandalorian in order to tell this story. I'm, sh I'm sure we're going to see that. But, but there is more that tied into it that we'll get to in just a moment. But Steph, speaking of that sect that Papa just mentioned, you know, there's another bit of information that I thought was very, very relevant in here. And what she says, she goes, look, if our sect wasn't moved to like a different place, different planet, wherever she said that they went, we would have been in that purge. We would have gotten wiped out, but it is now on us to carry on and restore it because it was there's only three of us left. And with that, we should follow it. And that's why, like you mentioned, I mean, she probably could have said at that point, hey, by the way, did you have you taken your mask off? <laughs> you know, but she didn't say it yet. She waits until they fight. But either way, they that whole sec, that part of information, those little knowledge things that they were dropping stuff really, really, I thought was a was a nice set into um, the saber battle that came up next. Yeah, when she said she has some of the cool signs, persistence without insight will lead to the same outcome. I was yeah. like, that's a master class. But also she should take that lesson because they're persisting on and they want to um, hopefully go back to their home planet. But I feel like they have to have insight. And I feel, they, I feel like the insight is like evolving with the times. And we see this with religion in our day in our society where they don't evolve with the times and then they lose followers or they lose belief or like wars start because they didn't just um, take some of the tradition and then evolve with it. Cause I, I just don't know how you didn't Jordan's the MVP Mandalorian right now. How, how do you trade him? He's, I mean, he's just doing some great things and obviously he's got, he's got the sabers. So that's why, and, and the whole thing with Visla and now how they had this beef in, in episode one or episode two, whenever it was in, in season one of Mandalorian. And then, then they have this mutual respect after he comes to save Din in that, in that one episode, the one that I think was the first one Deborah Chow directed, but either oh, way, yeah. either way they mention that and they, and they bring that up and he's like, look, I'm sorry. Thank you for all the stuff that you did. And, but there's still that, that, that beef with them. Right. It's like it, it always it, it, so a, a wrestling reference. It's like Randy Savage and Hogan always had beef, even though they fought together, you know, so it was and it's and it's the same type. It was the same same type of thing. Mega powers. They joined for a little bit, but they explode at the in the middle of this uh, almost the middle of this episode. So they you see, though, that how the Darksaber is this thing and Din gets a hold of it. They talk about Gideon and they both are like, yeah, you probably should have whacked them. 
And he's like, yeah, but they're going to do it. And they could put him on trial. And they're both like, yeah, we'll see. Um, so but the, then the battle happens and she's training him. And she knows about that saber and she's telling him, stop fighting against it. And it's like because when you realize what the when when the original Vizsla made that saber a thousand years ago, being part Jedi and being part Mandalorian, what is what did what did the Jedi always say? The the weapon is an extension of your body. It's not it's not just a weapon. And so when he's fighting against it, that's why it got heavy. That's why he slashed himself in the leg. And I thought it was a brilliant scene. But Papadon, did you like that? Uh, that 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 fight? Well, the training I would say between Dan and and uh, the armor. Absolutely. Kind of reminded me of Apollo training Rocky in uh, Rocky Three. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Trying to teach him new tricks, but um, I, I liked it because then when I went back and saw the episode the second time, I didn't pick up the first the first time I watched it where he was struggling with the sword in, in the butcher shop because it was getting heavy. Then when you watch it a second time after knowing that the sword, the sword gets heavier, then you see it in, in his in the way he's swinging it and his mannerisms and this, that, and you're like, oh. So I love the scene. It adds a lot of clarity, uh, a lot of layers, and it's also almost, almost a toss back to Rebels when when Kanan was uh, training yeah, right. Sabine, and he says that it's the crystal. You have to become one with the crystal in order to flow with the sword properly. So, I mean... I like the way they compare the Jedi also to the to uh, to the Creed of Mandalore, where they like you have to get rid of attachments, and then he's like, "Well, that's opposite of what we do." Oh yeah, right. you know, I thought that was badass too. So, I mean, all in all, this episode I thought was great. There's so much lore. Sorry, there was so much lore that was coming out of it. And speaking of that, I'm glad you brought that up because even when and then Steph, that was the other thing when she goes, "Well, where'd you get that spear?" It's like, yeah, yeah. We just talked about the saber, but let's not glance over the fact he that he comes in with all these souped up toys. Yeah, you got a Beskar spear. Can we talk about that spear? He's like, yeah, it's pretty badass, right? It blocks, <laughs> it blocks late sabers. She's like, yeah, but it could kill us through. It could, it could pierce through. This should be armor. It shouldn't be a weapon. He goes, nah, all right. And he hands it over. And all of it, and it was it, I said this morning, I was like, she was like, okay, what do you want me to make? Should I make a balloon? What should I make? Yeah. <laughs> and, what do you think you made? Yeah, uh, well, I, I don't, that's a great question because then he's like, well, let's make it for a foundling and then let's make for Grogu. And then, you know, okay. So they, they know that everybody wants to see Grogu again. They know, and they're, they're bringing up this thing about Grogu. And so here we go with Grogu and getting whatever the hell it is that he's going to, she, she's going to make him. What is it? Is it a helmet? Little helmet? I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I thought I thought it was kind of clever how they tied it. It kind of looked like Grogu's head with the little flappy ears. Oh, right. it was so cute. Yeah. But what if what if it's a knob, a Beskar knob? You know, like the gear shift knob that he yeah, had. Yeah, yeah. because the because the ship got blown up, right? I don't think he has the knob anymore. I mean, because it looks so tiny. I don't. I mean, and obviously he's gonna go back and bump into him. Unless yeah. he made him some kind of gauntlets or something, maybe. I think it could be something useful though for him, not just like a trinket. You know, it's like something where he's gonna. It, it's it's some kind of I don't know, but maybe maybe a lightsaber hilt. A hilt. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But then the shape of it was in weird. But they could make it like so when you open it. it looks yeah. a little I have different. so many more questions about Grogu and everything too. But that, that, that we'll we'll get to it towards the end when we hit the end of the episode. But um. But yeah, so all of that and all the setup, and then Vistla finally comes in. And he goes, "All right, look, maybe," or, or jumping back a step, I liked the consistency in Din's character because what we have seen from him over two seasons is this dude doesn't quit. You could, you, I mean, you could be 
two steps away from death and he's still going to fight. And he's going to he's like, I want to keep going. She's like, all right, take it easy. Calm down. He's like, no, I want to keep trying. And then Vistla steps in. He goes, maybe you just don't deserve it. It comes from my house. So I want I want to I want to scrap. And in, and this is what I loved about it. Instead of him going, ah, you know, do we have to do this? He's like, all right. And she's like, okay, let's go. Let's fight. And then they're just, it's just their culture. It's how they do it. It's what Mandalore has always been about, whether it's Knights of the Republic or whatever. And even, even when that, that line we, we skipped over, which was one of the most badass lines by the, the armor, was when he's like, yeah, the Empire, they're around for like 30 years. We've been yeah, here. yeah, yeah. I was like, that's true. It's very true. And, and their way has been the way. So when they start scrapping and they're going at it, I think it was such a great balance because at first when he's got the dark saber, Din, you're like, well, of course he's gonna be in, he's gonna have the lead here because he's got the dark saber. But then Vistel gets it too, and they both had equal time to, to hold it, and then Din comes out on top. But that fight to me, and the, the fact that it's voiced by Favreau, I thought was was phenomenal. But um, but I don't know, Papa Don, what did you think about the fight, and what did you think about the ending of it, where she then says, okay. You won. You got it. You did your thing. But by the way, hey, uh, Vistle, you ever take your mask off? No. You can ask me that now. And this guy's got a knife to my neck. And then, and then, how about you? Nothing. <laughs> I, I, I said, hey, did you take your mask off? He's like, yeah, once or twice. But Bill Burr's not going to tell anybody. I loved it. Yeah. I love the fight. Uh, I'm convinced Mando's from Queens, the way he <laughs> acts. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I I like everything, not only the fight, but also the the background, the way the the there, the you see space underneath them, behind them. They're yeah. fighting on 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 a scaffold with no guardrails because Star Wars. We never have a guardrail, <laughs> right? But um, overall, I thought the fight itself was great because it both showed them, you know, they both you know got their shots in and got their licks in. But then when 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 um, Vizsla picked up the saber, he was struggling with it too. So it wasn't yeah. just a Mando thing. So I loved everything. And I love the fact that, you know, um, the armor is like, all right, guys, that's enough. It's like two brothers fighting and the parents breaking it up. Yeah. And, and, and then and then asking who started it. You know what I mean? And, and then <laughs> Mando's like, yeah, I took off my mask. You know, he could have easily said no. He's not, he's not in his character. Yeah. No, but it's not in his character. But here's also the thing. Um, he has the Darksaber. Shouldn't they all be bowing to him because he's the leader now? I mean, if. I think that if he wanted to make a lead on the throne, if he started to make a lead on the throne, they would they would fall in behind. But then, but the but they have a different sect. They follow a different rule, right? So that that's and I think that the different rule for like she said, she's like because he said, well, what can I do to get back in favor? And so for her, because I think at that point to answer your question, I think that if he would have said, no, I didn't take it off. All right, well then, what's our next move? Because you you've got the saber. What do we? Yeah. Do? I think, but instead he goes. No, I'm not. She's like, well, you're not a Mandalore anymore. So that's, we can't follow you. So I think that's kind of the answer to that question because, okay. like, yeah. Unless he goes to where she says, which might be in the next season, but you knew oh, they that's had. Definitely it. That's, yeah. That's the whole, the whole that's boat. The whole night, they're going three. back. 100%. Yeah. But it's interesting because there's so many times in their conversations where you could tell they just have different leadership skills accued, uh, accumulated by their experiences. Like when they were like, why don't you kill Moff Gideon? And he's like, it'll be justice enough. They right. just have different forms of justice. But you knew uh, Visla wanted the smoke, though, from the beginning. Like as soon as you saw the Darksaber, like the way that these actors move in their helmets and you yeah. can like see what they're expressing is incredible. It was great. And I love the fact, probably also because 
Pedro Pascal is shooting Last of Us and he wasn't on set for any of it. But I also love the fact that they didn't take his helmet off again. Yes. Didn't yeah. To. You didn't need to. It no. was it was not necessary to take his to take it off. And then he basically he said, You gotta go swim underwater in Mandalore, whatever you have to do to get back. He's like, I gotta swim. <laughs> All right, fine, I'll go do that. Gotta go so, to the core of Earth. This yeah, and he's impossible task. Whatever you gotta do. We figure it out. Go, go, go get go get uh Boca Tan and, and figure it out. And that's what we'll be doing when his mission is come when it's time for season three. So we've already got that. That's what I thought so brilliant about it. It's you you give these little setups, and that's what you're able to do inside of television that you then say, Well, are you excited about the new season now because of all these tidbits that we just gave you so anyone going oh they relied on on the on mandalore or excuse me on uh on mando in order to save this se season yeah but how excited are you now for mandalorian season three and that that's that's the point and inside of that now he's healed he goes and the commercial stuff the commercial airline stuff was hilarious and yes saying to myself how do you get back to tatooine now why do you i don't know how he got from the planet of the dogs to then they didn't show that, but maybe or to the planet of the dogs, right? They didn't show any of that or how. Maybe he was renting a, a ship, whatever. But Uber, you and yeah. Uber. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the stuff that works, this like it's contrary to belief. I love humor in Star Wars when it's the right type of humor. Um, like, and I always reference the one where he in season one when with the Jawas, when the Jawas are making fun of his him speaking Jawa and he tries to light him on fire. Okay. Um, in this, they do it again. He he's like, ah, you can't get on the flight. It's a commercial flight. You can't take all your weapons. And here he is just unloading basically half of his armor. It's just all weapons. And I called it his Dexter box because he's got his he's got all the weapons. He's got all the tools and he puts it in the and he's like, I know. Don't don't thank my shit. Don't 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 take it. But then when he claims religion is just right. like right. such a good tie into like our world. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's part yeah. of it. I don't care what your religion is. You, you can't, yeah. There's kids on that thing. You can't take a dark saber onto it. Yeah. You know, subliminally, a lot of things tie into the way the world is today, and and, it, and it's done so organically that you don't notice it unless you really pay attention. Even like the um, the, the the forger, she's that typical extremist where that believes yeah. in her set ways. Regardless of what the next person does, if it doesn't abide by her point of view and her narrative then it's against it's against everything like you know how certain quote-unquote christians like you know you got to forgive everybody this that and the other but god forbid they go against what the, you know a person may not like what a, you know that, that that extremist believes then they are the enemy no matter right. what we can't forgive them so it's kind it's kind of interesting how they they touch it they don't force it and you don't really pick up on it but you know it's there as opposed to certain aspects like in the sequel trilogy being forced down our throat and yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, no, I do. I think that that's that's part of it. I mean, look, that was that was in uh, in the original trilogy, right? When you yeah, look absolutely at a lot of the stuff that was plucked from what George Lucas had created, and even though you can take like Palpatine and say, well, he's Hitler. Well, he's he's a lot of different dictators and and ruthless leaders from across history, and and that's that's the same type of thing that pops in. So I I agree, and I think that that's a lot of stuff that that worked with Mandalorian, but it certainly worked in this episode. But what I love to do is I love to go back. At the end of the episode, I love to watch the the concept art because that's what it is. It's concept art of what they come up with before they shoot it. And what I thought was fascinating, Steph, was where the kid the kid was actually a human at first. They the concept art was a was a human kid, and then they made it Rodian, which oh. I thought was very smart because that then led him into 
thinking about Grogu and then having that thing in his hand and start to think about it. And it makes us once again, subtle enough to us go, Grogu's coming, is coming back. They got a, a different angle here. This, and, and as you mentioned earlier, Steph, the attachment that he's got, it, it, it allows us a different feeling. We know he's a badass. We know that he's trying to do all these things. We know these adventures he's going on, but there's also that part of him that we want to relate to that we go, Oh yeah, he's, he really has an attachment to this kid. Yeah, I think that Star Wars for a while has wanted to change the way that we view Jedi and like the different rules that different people are abiding by in the galaxy. Like I know that, you know, with Obi-Wan especially, like we like act like he wasn't dating someone and like there's all these rules and I just feel like Mandalorian and Din Djarin and Grogu could be a really good new way that we view jedi like if he does if he is okay with attachment if there is a healthy way that grogu can form an attachment with din Djarin so that they don't have to be these disattached like disconnected beings that are often like getting in trouble and not for like not being like the jedi knights that they're supposed to be right um I agree with you. And then he gets to once he once he shows up, though, and he gets to Tatooine, we get to Tatooine. And then we realize once he gets to Tatooine, that that's when everybody who's watching goes, all right, well, this is how it's all going to tie into what we've been watching the last four weeks in, in Boba Fett. The question is how uh, it continues to be a Mandalorian episode. There's no doubt about it, because he goes there and he finds Amy Sedaris, who I've not liked in the other episode that I think every episode and this one included that she shows up. She grows on me more. There are things that she does in this episode that it's like it's too much, and I think could have gotten cut down, like the jokes with the Jawas and how she dated yeah. the Jawas. There times. was a repetitive joke in there that it I just, thought could have been cut in editing. It could have been cut, and it was just like oh, I dated a thing. It was furry, real furry. Laugh, 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 laugh. It's like no, it's 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 a cheap pop, as we'll say. Uh, and and it was it wasn't good. It was and and but the character alone bothered me less than in the past because the difference with like i don't feel she was like a modern character i feel like she fits there she has the the gear the get up the hair uh the droids are useless as far as protection they were just like oh it's gonna get eaten we'll just go find another job if she gets eaten but um but all of that did you mind her this one papa don as far as i don't know how you felt about her in the past but in this episode no um i'm with you she's grown on me yeah. um she was a little over the top the first time I saw her, but it's, uh, hmm, how can I put it? She's starting to become more and more Star Wars as time is coming, going, 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 you know, going along. Um, I thought she did a great job this episode. I agree with you as far as some of the jokes and some of the humor, but overall she, I think she fits very nicely with uh, Din Djarin, where Din Djarin's a straight man. She's the color and yeah. she's the complete opposite of him, you know? It's like, yeah, what message? The message about the ship. That's right. I called you. It was like, wait a minute. Was she going through dementia or something? Like, right. she don't remember. Like, but, you know, I, overall, I think she, she, she's found her niche with this character. And she's found the niche of how to fit into the world of Star Wars. As long as they don't force more furry humor, I think we're all right. Yeah. I mean, there's like a couple of jokes that, that didn't that didn't work. Um, but not enough to, to make me go, oh, they ruined this episode. It was a couple throwaway things, stuff that I thought here and there. But the stuff, the big reveal to me was the Naboo cruiser because yeah. what, what worked very well, what, and I met again, mentioned it earlier this morning was that when I went to star Wars celebration in 2015, before they, the, when they debuted the trailer for uh, force awakens before they debuted it, when you walked around officially from official people, 
there was no you couldn't find prequel stuff like it was i mean even the first line in the force awakens was we this will begin to set things right so they were trying to take the prequels and push it away and there was nothing this series everything that has uh, mandalorian has been embracing the prequels and has been put and it Lucasfilm in general has been. They're bringing Hayden back, all the Ewan McGregor. They're bringing it all back, and I think it's a brilliant move and a smart move. When they reveal that Naboo cruiser, how she got it, all the, I don't care, but it looked great. It was a great idea, and then once they start moving it and making it work, the sounds. Oh, I felt it was very nostalgic in a great way. Did you did you like the reveal? Yeah, I, I loved it. I thought the the whole Amy Sedaris scene to me it was a little long, but it really worked in terms of. Um, fan service too like i think there was someone i read cal kester's droid from jedi fallen order was in there bd or five was in there um and then obviously the ship from naboo and i just thought that was a really good way to like integrate the entire um galaxy into this small little part but yeah this is the perfect ship for him right now i I, it's exactly what he needs he's riding solo he needs to be incognito he needs to be like moving fast and i love the callback i forget the actor's name i know he's from kim's convenience we saw him in mandalorian yeah um sung you or yes yes, yeah yeah paul son hung lee paul son hung lee is, I is. love that. Like that, and that was good comedy too. Like their little back and forth. It wasn't like Hux comedy back and forth no. with Ben Solo, where you're no. like wasting time and bad jokes. Like this. No, works. no, it fit, it fit the character and it fit the situation, right? It fit like that's that's the stuff that that works. It's it's not it's not like hey, here's a joke. Hey, it's 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 he goes up. He's he's racing around Top Gun style, and he's going through Beggars Canyon, which was fantastic. And he's all these moments oh, yeah. and he's zipping through. You hear all like the fact that he's getting so excited and he, that that how it's working and and like he's a, he's an adrenaline junkie, you know. And 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 the fact that it's it's fitting all that, and then he zips up into space, sees the Rodian again, which I thought was great. Um, and it had like that Superman moment from when the kids see Superman running in the train, and then the ships come up. And he, the X wings are there, and he's like, "Ah, oh, dang, Farrick! I just, I went, I, I messed up, and I, I, I was, I didn't do everything I was supposed to do." And he says as much. But then when Paul Sun Hung Lee shows up, and they have that conversation, he's like, "Uh, you kind of sound familiar, dude. Uh, can, can we have a conversation?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, hold on," and he takes off. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. And then even the he's the thing. We should we report this. Do you want to do the paperwork? I don't. And he's like, "Nah, forget it." <laughs> That's it. I was like, it was great. I love that moment. Two two things. Uh, one, the other X-wing pilot was. I think that was the the Luke Skywalker actor who stood in for Mark Hamill. Oh, was it? I think. Okay. Kind of looked like Luke Skywalker for a hot second. Max, I think his name was or whatever. Okay. Uh, second thing, uh, you know, because they put a dome over where the droid goes, we're gonna see uh, Grogu in that little dome thing. Play, you know, going wee as he's flying with the Star Cruiser instead of uh, a droid being in that little hatch because oh. they they could have sealed it off and put a piece of metal on it, but they put a little glass dome. So you know, I damn did not well, realize that we're gonna see Grogu having some fun in the back seat over there. You think they're gonna reunite? Those and I don't mean I don't mean like you know. Obviously, I think they're gonna we're gonna see he's gonna see him again, but him coming back to him and partnering up with him again. You think that's no, gonna? Happen? I hope oh. not. I, I hope really. I hope not. not. I I, I want to because so I'm glad that we that we brought this this up because a lot of people had said that oh I don't know if I and I can't remember who it was I had a conversation with someone who said I don't know if I want to watch the Mandalorian now that he's not with Grogu they don't need to continue it I was like 
It was never about you didn't even know Grogu was going to show up in the first episode when you watched it. This episode alone proves you don't need Grogu. You don't right. need him. Um, he's great. And I and I can't wait to see him again, but you don't need him. Din staying the way that he is and having his mission. Now he's got a clear-cut mission. His new mission is to get to Mandalore, go take a swim in the caves or whatever he's got to do with, with Bo Katan. So all that is going to play. You can play that for two or three seasons. But the fact that he comes back now, and this is where we really, at the end of the episode, this is when we tie into Fennec coming in. She bypasses the system, which is hilarious. She's sitting up on the, the thing, just watching and says, hey, do you want a gig? And he's like, oh, what's the bounty? She's like, it's not bounty. We need muscle. And it's for Boba. And he throws the credits back. He's like, it's on the house. What does he need? Love that because of the what what they've been through together. And the idea is like, yeah, well, I'm not going to take Boba's money. What, is, what does he need? I, and and they also set up the Pikes very well with when Amy Sedaris says about, about the Jawas. Yeah. He's like, hey, the Pikes are taking over everything. They're ruining everything. Just a, just a line or two, just to show yeah. us of everything that's been set up. But Steph, did you, did you love all the lead up into Fennec and all that? Yeah, because I think they did an excellent job of telling us exactly where we're going to start next episode, which yeah. Boba now has his um, gear, which we armor, which we wondered, like, are we going to get an entire episode? Obviously, we saw him in Mandalorian getting that. So, like, how are they going to tie that in when he actually has it? Because they're not going to go to war without that. So I thought that was really like succinct and well done. And I just, I want more Fennec though. Every time she comes on the screen, I just think that she's the coolest new character that we've gotten. I think that she's perfectly played. And I think that a lot of us are curious about where her loyalty really lies. This showed a little bit more loyalty to Boba and to like what they're fighting for, I think, than the previous episodes. Yeah, I still want to get to that place where she pops uh, Boba in the back of the head, but I don't think that. <laughs> but um, so, but you know, that's something that Steph just said about how we think the next episode will start. So here's my question: This is one I posed, and we'll start with you, Papa Don. As far as what you think, the end of this episode, he says, "Well, before I do that, I got to go visit a, uh, my little friend." So there's two ways you can look at this: either one, we're going to start out, we're going to see Grogu and Luke. Which it's been a rumor that he was gonna that Grogu at least was gonna pop up, but I would assume Luke if if he's with him. And if this kid, the the fighter pilot, as you mentioned, was was the guy that played Luke, then maybe he's playing him again. You know, and, and now that they have the new deep fake guy, it'll look even better than it did last time. And they could have a little scene with Luke and and Grogu and and whatever it might be leading up. Or you can just basically start after he's seen him. After he's seen it in and the Boba Fett angle plays out, and then in season three of Mandalorian, we flash back and we see actually what happened. I just don't know why you'd want to tease the audience that particular way. Where do you think they're going to go? Uh, it's a good question. Um, the way they left it off, smart booking would be bringing them to the to to Grogu right away and and uh, paying it off because it has to lead to what. The show is Boba Fett. So we yeah. have to pay off the whole series with Boba Fett and the Pikes and uh, the Huts and Fennec Shan. So if they decide not to, people are going to be upset that he didn't go see Grogu right away after he says he was going to. So, but then if you do play too much time with Grogu, it's going to take away from the series itself. So right. it's 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 a catch-22. Um, I don't know. 
to be honest with you. I mean, I'm I, I wouldn't be I, you know what? I would it wouldn't be too far fetched if we get that scene in the beginning or the next episode where he bumps into Grogu and Luke, and all of a sudden we look over Luke's shoulders, and here comes DH Han Solo, and we get a Han Solo Luke cameo together and we finally get them on screen together again and really set the internet ablaze and that can lead into boba fett as a transition because of the connection of han solo with boba as well it could be interesting uh i don't know maybe maybe i'm just fancy booking here but it's not it's not that's it i'm not i'm not for han solo coming back but an idea like that has my interest peaked to say depending on how they played it right it just depends on how they play it because i also didn't even when i had heard stuff that grogu was going to be in this thing that people there was rumors are running around that grogu was going to be in this series i was like why why do you need grogu in the series why and and now it it makes sense i don't necessarily know if i need to see him i would be okay waiting until season three to see that reunion um but if they feel they need grogu to get more of the ratings and people talking and now that they did it i get it but where do you stand on it I think that they can't put that much screen time on Grogu. I wonder if they have Mando returning and saying like something like, I I found him, we're meeting back up again. Or like, I know where he is now. Like some sort of illusion to tell us like what we could maybe see in season three without necessarily showing us Grogu. They did with Bo-Katan. What? Like they did with Boca. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because I don't, th- I just think they spent an entire episode with not a single shot on Boba Fett. I don't think that they do, they can do that again or like not have it like very heavily Boba or else you yeah. just wonder what was the point of the season then. It's true. And it's also whether, and I mean, someone said it this morning on Twitter or something, they were talking about. This guarantees Book of Boba Fett season two. It's like I don't know. I don't know how that guarantees that. I I still I I still think that if you the way to look at this, if you want to say that this is a throw not throwaway, that's not fair, but a, um a this is clearly an episode of Mandalorian. Yeah, you want to say that that's cool, and basically the way you would look at it is that this episode that that this series is essentially six episodes for Boba Fett. It's a six episode mini series. If you or excuse me, yeah, six episodes. So if you ended, right? Or well, it's seven. seven. It's going to be seven. But like, I'm saying six, but it's six episodes. But it's six episodes, not including the Mandalorian episode, is what I mean. Yeah, six episodes, basically, that what you would have. So you would have another episode. So the next episode coming up of um is episode six. So that would be the fifth episode, basically, of 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 Boba Fett. Um, now if you did all that, I don't know if you ended it the right way. I don't know if you need a second season of Book of Boba Fett. Uh, it just depends on how it ends. I, I, I'm, I liked it. I like watching it. As you mentioned earlier, Pompadon, it is Star Wars. I'm enjoying watching it. I'm enjoying having a, a series to look forward to to Star Wars every week. But I think there's so much out there. You mentioned in the beginning of this episode how many comic book and 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 lore inside of that stuff that they could pull from. There's tons of books that they can pull from. I don't think you need to do this again. Yeah, I agree with you to a certain extent. Um, the only problem is it's Boba Fett, bro. Come on, yeah. he's a draw. Yeah, and, he's uh, a draw. He is a draw. Uh, just like just like Mandalorian has become a draw, and just like yeah. Grogu. Um, but here's the deal. Uh, this is what I think. Uh, my two cents on the series. I like it. I don't love it, but I love Boba Fett. Uh, that's the problem. And a lot of people do, and I think I, there are a lot of people in the same position I'm in, where we try to watch these episodes two or three times to love the episodes, but we don't love it. We just like it. And the issue is, um, 
the expectations for this series was its own demise. They left us with the great episode and a great story arc of Boba in Mandalorian, that last shot of him shooting first and getting Bib off the throne and taking what, what he wanted was totally Boba, 100%. And then we get Robert Rodriguez coming out, doing all the press junkets and yeah. in the interviews, saying it's all killer, no filler, but it's been all filler, no killer. You understand what I'm saying? They, they, they've decided to try to take the character and evolve it, add layers to it, so he's not one-dimensional. And I totally understand. But people don't know there's a, there's a season two. So this slow burn is not sitting well with everybody else. So I think after we get this big season, uh, episode six, big episode seven, and hopefully a season two where Boba's like, you know what? I tried being the nice guy, but now I got to be who I am and just goes all killer in season two. I think the overall arc will give people more satisfaction, in my opinion. Now I think you're really fantasy booking. How <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you think so? Yeah, I just don't. I just can't imagine Disney making that much of a 180 to go away from the fact that they want to turn. Because the the other the other big point is, especially after you look watch this episode, everything that we had, the expectations that we had as uh, of of Boba Fett, um, of what we always imagined him, that's basically what Din has been. He's yeah. this. He he's just ruthless. Can can do. He'll slice you in half and carry your head around in a bag if he has to, right? That's 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 what he's what he's done, and I think that he was created out of the fact that they didn't that that Favreau wanted to do one thing with Boba Fett. They realized they couldn't because he's not an actual Mandalorian, so they created this character. And instead of making them so similar, they took the the route of the kind of aged bounty hunter who doesn't want to be a bounty hunter anymore and has found this kind of tribe. I can't see them going away from it. The only thing tragedy always always changes someone up too. Now the thing that I think nobody would want to see is if Fennec wind up eating it at the end of the season, right? That could probably send him down a path. Because I had said last week, I, I, I it's like sometimes people don't listen to you though. I said, Steph, remember the beginning of the conversation? I said, not including the the, the Tuscan Raiders because that that happened in the flashback. Once he took over, he hadn't suffered any loss. He still has not suffered any loss since he took over. As a gangster, like once you take over and you have a lot, whatever business that you're in and you run a business, you haven't, what losses have you take? What loss can you overcome in order to either become better or decide it's not for you, right? He has not had that loss once it, it, once he has taken over the throne from, from Bib Fortuna. So is he going to have that? How is it going to end? Will he sit on top of the throne? Um, I think you can end this series in episode five and excuse me, episode six and episode seven, Filoni comes in, does a big thing with him, close out big with seven, a big epic episode to close it all out. And then we move on to the next series. I, that's what I hope. But I agree, Steph, that we're probably going to get a, a season two. Yeah, I don't. Okay, the more we talk about it, I don't know if we're getting a season two, because I was thinking the exact same thing as you, Christian, this episode. I was like, yeah, this all makes sense now. Filoni and Favreau love Boba so much. And so they created the Mandalorian. And then that was kind of what Boba's path in a lot of ways seemed like it could have been. And so now Boba, I think, is like trying to find a new way in our hearts that Din Djarin didn't already fill for us in season one and two. And so I see a track going. If they want to make this guy a good guy... Um, I see Book of Boba ending after one season and him sitting on the throne at the end of the war and that being the end. And now we move on to fully just focusing on the Mandalorian Din Djarin. Yeah. Um, so that was it, man. I think that I'm, I'm super excited about 
where we're going with it, the possibility of it, the idea. Now, now that what I will tell you is I wouldn't want to be the Pikes at all because that that is something that we're going to have to establish in the next episode, though, too. Just Amy Sedaris saying that the Pikes have taken over and it's crazy now. Who do they have? Who's their, who's their gun, right? Because it's just the Pikes. Din's going to blaze through them with that saber. Who's he? Who's he got? I love the idea of Kira being coming back and helping yeah. out a Crimson Dawn, and like maybe that's maybe that's who they're working with. Maybe that's she's so she's just a very different person now. Who's the big? Is it Cad Bane? Is Cad Bane working with them? Like who's working with them? Like that's what I hope with Filoni. What he establishes, I hope Filoni establishes the Pikes and their dominance and make them scary. They're 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 dominant right now, but they're not scary yet. I don't know if you guys agree or disagree with that. No, I agree with you. Um, they they've been uh, they're just in the background right now. They haven't they haven't uh, made their presence felt to the point where they are actually. It just I mean, put it this way: in that, even in wrestling or in any movie, you build your baby faces, your good guys off your heels. So we need a heel in order to make Boba Fett shine, in order yep. so he can come off top of his own show. So we need the Pikes to do something, like you said, either he suffers tragedy or they blow up the maybe they blow up maybe they blow up uh, Slave One or they blow up the the palace or something. Try and when he wasn't home or something, something to that effect, and, and he just goes because because they keep showing the 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 flashbacks on um uh what is it called the what is that where the planet what's the planet called um. Oh, the uh, water planet. Um, oh, Camino. Camino. Yes, wow. they keep showing the Camino flashbacks, which means that he's trying to escape his past, but he can't really escape who he is. Right. So that's what I think they're trying to foreshadow, in my opinion, that they, that he's going to try to do this with respect, but at the end of the day, he's always going to be the gun for hire, and sooner or later, he, I even have a feeling that he might even get the dark saber down the road. They might, might might even they might even cherry pick that that stories from legends where he becomes the leader of Mandalore. You know, yeah, I don't know. I think I, I, I just, he just got, I, I think he's flair in his last year, man. I think could be, could be, could, could very well be. I mean, look, there's so many different ways they can go about this. I'm not, I'm not like gung ho about Boba, 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 but I, I think the issue is we need to see the Boba of old to appreciate this series. And I think if they're not going to give it to us in the next two episodes, that they're going to build up for it for season two to be the, the payoff. I understand the 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 idea behind it, especially people want to see that. I just I I I'm just pretty convinced that to them inside of that room, they're like, yeah, but that's what Din does. So let's just have Boba kind of ride off into the sun. And but we got two episodes to find out. Floney's coming in, and he's probably coming in hot because Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, what a job she did! What a job she did! She is she's gotten better every single episode. Her first yeah. episode she did of Mandalorian, I liked. Second yeah. one, Boca Tan, loved. This is no doubt her best episode this was this was so good she is you can tell that she loves star wars you can tell she loves making star wars she loves telling the stories i am a massive bryce dallas howard fan before before she was directing star wars as as an actress as a director now star wars oh man when i now when i see her name that she's directing now at first it was intriguing it was intriguing as oh Bryce Dallas Howard, who's you know from acting, and she's Ron Howard's daughter. That that could be fun. Now it's like, when is she directing next? Steph, yeah, you, you definitely. Yes, I think she's Deborah Chow is the one who like won my whole soul in the Mandalorian. But Bryce Dallas Howard is like right there. I I really think anything that she's attached to now, I would be so excited to watch. But it's really cool just seeing her 
um, and Deborah being the two that I'm like, I feel like you guys get it the most. And like, you just really know how to play into similar shots that we've seen before, like the fighting scenes, uh, but different and, and adds to it. I want to see Bryce Dallas Howard do what Deborah Chow is doing and direct a whole season. Yeah, that'd thing. be awesome. But I also, in the other director that I that we're not giving credit for, whose episode I did not like in, in I think he directed the first episode, which I did like, which was uh, Filoni. He did the pilot, which I liked. You didn't and like Gunslinger. I liked it better. Th as I watch it now, I like it better, but it's one of the weaker episodes of season one. But his Ahsoka episode, was out of control right so so him doing his he's doing his own season with ahsoka right then we get a full season of uh of deborah chow let's get a full season of bryce dallas by bryce dallas howard as well if, if there's some new take or something and by the way there's rumors that that bo katan is going to get her own show and if that's the case give it a bryce she, yeah. she introduced her that would be yeah. sick can i throw this out here Yes. Uh, I would like to see Bryce Dallas Howard and Ron Howard do solo two or a solo <sighs> series. First father daughter directing team to, to not only take on Star Wars, we'll probably do anything in Hollywood that that could could lead to something awesome. I mean, people are always saying, you know, we want four female directors to tackle stuff that they normally wouldn't do. Why not a father daughter uh, combo? I mean, Star, Star Wars is about family, right? Right as well as get the dad true. and the daughter together. It's funny though when you look at both Solo and the stuff that she did. I think she understands Star Wars way more than he does, though. Wow. Yeah. Here we yeah. are. I I love Solo, so you and I are not. Oh. <laughs> I read. Oh my oh. gosh, the dude. Um, I like the second half of Solo. I like the second half. Um, I just read that the wrap, the gift um, that he's gonna give to. Ro Grogu could be Beskar rings. What is that? What is that? What would that do for? I don't know, but uh, that would be pretty gangster looking. It'd be gangster with his little claws. The question is, how many how many other beings has has Grogu murdered through food through his lunch since since Din has seen him last? <laughs> yeah, that's the big question. All right, look. So uh, per, the, good, the good news is I got the lower third right as we're ending the show. So um, I will put this up here so we can give a little bit of plug to uh, our guests our normal guests and then we can um then we can say goodbye but i'm very excited for where this show went this week i'm excited to see where it's going to go next week and that's uh that's about it guys i'm very curious what you guys think so please comment down there below and, and tell us exactly what your thoughts were in the episode as you may or may not realize on this channel i have been answering every comment back it takes a little bit but i still do it especially during the uh you know the the, the boba fett times that's uh that's that's been interesting because there's so many comments coming in uh but it's, it's been pretty great um anyway so let me get this lower third up here and show finally boom so if you guys want to make sure you follow Steph at Steph Sabra and then Greek God Papadon, make sure you go there. So dude, where are you? So are what, where can obviously your show, but where else can they find you? What, what give them some plugs. All right. Well, um, you can find me on at Greek God Papadon on Instagram and, and, and Twitter. Um, Demetrius Papadon on Facebook, my pro wrestling tea store where you can buy Greek God Papadon wrestling t-shirts is pro wrestling tees slash Greek God Papadon. My YouTube page, where you have my matches and my promos, is Greek God Papadon. Um, the NFO podcast, the New Force Order podcast, 
it's uh it's not on YouTube. Our YouTube game is weak. We're more of an audio podcast, but you can just find it on anywhere you can get podcasts. Um, you know, uh, you know, all the other platforms, Podbean, uh, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and you can find us at NFO underscore podcast, New Force Order on Instagram and official New Force Order on Facebook. And New Force Order at Yahoo.com is the email address if you want to get at us. You guys can see me this Saturday. I'm wrestling in Deer Park, New York for New York Wrestling Connection. Um, next week, I'll be in Virginia for Virginia Championship Wrestling. And the following week, I'll be in upstate New York, which is another state within itself as compared to the real New York, um, at Immortal Championship Wrestling. And then all three venues, all three uh, events, I'll be defending all my championships, current heavyweight champion in four different promotions. So just doing my thing, man, and enjoying Star Wars. So thank you for having me, brother. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. We, we've been talking about doing something together for years, so we finally got a chance to sit back here and, and talk. So, um, yeah, I'll put all your links in the description, so if you want to check them out, please do so. And Steph, what's going on with the World Girls? Anything uh, new that we need to know about? Yeah, we are dropping uh, the episode I want my family to see the least oh, what's tonight, that? Vegas. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Give us, like, a, give, us a, give us a preview. What happened? There's, like, strip clubs, oh. like... Just, Mary Jane, alcohol, parkouring. It's just really degenerate. Oh, sure. It's degenerate running wild. How do you bury the lead with parkouring? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I left it with a... It's like we here's what happened. We we smoked a little, we drank a little, and then I jumped out across four, four buildings. <laughs> and I was an absolute degenerate at uh, top golf. Perfect. Yeah, just tell just tell just tell the family that it didn't it didn't air. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh either way, everybody. So thank you guys so much for joining us today. Uh Mike will be back, we think, next week. Maybe he won't. Either way, make sure you check it out. The Sith Council podcast. And this is the link for the big thing, but you can also find the Sith Council on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We have been growing on Spotify. And if you are watching this show and you are throwing comments in there please go and download us on the podcast form. It is so important. It helps the show out tremendously. As you know, we do not do any of the donations. We don't do any Streamlabs or Schmobots or any of that. We have the Patreon, which I brought up. That's SEN Live. Once we hit 500 patrons, we're going to get three, or excuse me, four SEN Live. But you could get, we don't do any live shows either anymore. We, don't, we just do the, we run the the uh, premieres, but we don't do any live. There is one bonus episode that is live, and that's going to be either Sith Council or Big Thing. But in order to join, in order to see that, you got to join. So go to patreon.com slash SEN Live. But audio, go sign up, do all that. But once again, thank you to our guest, Papa Don. Thank you to Steph Sabra. And we will see you guys on the flip side. Peace. I can feel your anger. It gives you focus. Makes you stronger.